Please turn your Bibles to Psalm 113. And let's worship the Lord with a psalm this morning. This is the greatest of subjects. This is the greatest purpose for your life. This is the greatest goal you can set, is to know and to delight in God. Amen. Psalm 113. Let us rise together and read this in unison to worship and praise the Lord our God. Together. Praise ye the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. Who is like unto the Lord our God? Who dwelleth on high, who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust, and lifteth the needy out of the dunghill, that he may set him with princes, even with the princes of his people. He maketh the barren woman to keep house. And to be a joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. Amen Amen. and amen. amen. You may be seated. Thank you, God, for Psalm 113. The psalm begins and ends with four words that are very common in the psalms. Praise ye the Lord. In other words, hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord, Jehovah. Praise. It's an imperative verb telling us something we ought to do, we should do. Praise ye the Lord. And then with a comma, we have the imperative verb designated for us in that first verse. Praise. O ye servants of the Lord, praise the name of the Lord. We have a name of the Lord Jesus Christ that is above every name as we prayed this morning earlier. We have the name Jehovah that sets our God separate and different from all other gods. Our religion is the greatest religion, the religion of the God of the Bible, the religion of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. We're to praise it. We're to praise it with time duration described in verse 2 of from henceforth even forever. We should never end praising the name of the Lord. And then how broadly does it extend geographically? From the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, from the east to the west, All nations, all creatures should praise the name of the Lord because he is high above all nations. The nations can delight themselves in wealth. They can show off their military power. Those of you who are learning calculus at times know that every weapon is in a constant state of decay. There is no weapon and there is no power against the Lord our God. He is high above all the nations. They can bring together whatever intellectual combination of men that they think are great. But the Lord's wisdom is unsearchable. And his counsel stands to a thousand generations. The Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. Whichever heaven you want to pick on. 
If you want to take the first heaven where the birds fly and our little airplanes fly, decaying constantly, pick the first heaven. If you want the second heaven of the interplanetary spaces where the galaxies move, pick the second heaven. If you want to pick the third heaven where the angels and the creatures called seraphim are worshiping God, pick any heaven you wish. His glory is above the heavens. Who is like unto the Lord our God? How can we compare him? Isaiah asks repeatedly, to whom then shall we liken God? To whom shall we compare him? Who is like unto the Lord our God? Who dwelleth on high. In that place far above the heavens, he dwells there. He lives there. It's his home. His glory is far above the heavens and he's been there from the beginning and he shall be there in the end. Who is like unto him? Here's what it says about him. He has to humble himself to behold the things that are in heaven. Now, when you read about the archangels and when you read about the seraphim and the cherubim and when you read about the four beasts in Revelation chapter five, they are some glorious, magnificent, powerful creatures. However, he has to humble himself to even look at them. He has to humble himself. He has to get down to even behold them and to consider them, let alone the things on earth. Who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth? Exclamation point in your King James Bibles. This is the God we should lift up. This is our God. This is your God. This is my God. He created me to know him. He created you to know him. He saved you to know him better. And he's going to take you to heaven for you to know him forever. And he'll never exhaust the inexhaustible supplies of his wisdom and his might and his riches. He has to humble himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth. There are great men in the earth. God has to humble himself to get down to even look at them. There are great accomplishments among men. You know, the greatest of man compared to the weakest of men, the difference between the two is only marginal at best. A 40-inch vertical jump versus your 15-inch vertical jump, 25 inches, huh? How closer does that get you to the moon? It's only 240,000 miles away. It's It's so close, you can just almost reach out and touch it. How much does that 15 inches on a vertical jump, how close, how much closer does it get you to the moon? Does it open the gates of heaven? Can it deliver any in the hour of death? He has to humble himself to behold anything. Whether it's a political personage like our president, or whether it's an athlete, an actor, a professor, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether it's Bill Gates or Donald Trump. Those men who get accolades and praise and honor in this world get none from the God of heaven. He has to humble himself to even behold them. But look what, look what a psalm like this does. And this is why we consider it in addition to the fact that God deserves the glory we give him. He's made you to show you his glory, but he's also revealed his glory to comfort you. Look at those verses 1 through 6 and the power and the glory of God far above the heavens. But then in verses 7 through 9, he lists the ways in which it ought to comfort us. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust. 
Is there any limit to his power to do such a thing? None. If he can create the heavens and the earth, he can lift up the poor out of the dust. He can lift up the needy out of the dunghill. David would describe himself this way. He was a keeper of sheep and God put him on the throne of Israel. That he may set him with princes, even with the princes of his people. This is real promotion. This is promotion and God does it. The Bible teaches us that promotion doesn't come from the north, the south, the east, or the west. It comes from the Lord. He setteth up one and putteth down another. Look at verse 9. He maketh the barren woman to keep house. When you conceive a child, it's by the grace and the power of God. There's no limit to his power. There's no reason to be afraid or to doubt. He maketh the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children. How can we be describing a God whose glory is far above the heavens who dwelleth on high, who has to humble himself to behold the things in heaven, and yet he will look all the way down to find a man or a woman, a woman without children, a man in a dunghill, and he'll raise them up. How do we find that in in a singular psalm? Because God wants to comfort you with his glory and his power. We want to revel in it just because we know it and because he deserves us to adore him. We want to give Him glory because He commands it. But we also want to give Him glory and to delight in the things that we can be reminded of this day. For it gives comfort to us that out of any dunghill you find yourself in, when your life stinks, He's able to promote you out of it. When you really want something and need something, like a woman wanting to be a mother, the Lord can provide. Praise ye the Lord. For a reading of Scripture, let's open our Bibles to Jeremiah. Chapter 10, Jeremiah chapter 10, I'm sure that though we read a psalm, we read scripture and we preach the word of God, I'm sure that the inputs to your mind over the last 168 hours far exceed what we can in a few minutes send as an antidote. So rejoice in the word of God and delight in a passage that we have often referred to the first few verses because of its indirect condemnation of Christmas, but I want to read the first 16 verses of Jeremiah 10 and just whet your appetite further for the glory of God compared to all the gods of the heathen. Listen to these wonderful words. Jeremiah chapter 10, beginning at verse 1. Hear ye the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord. Learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. For the customs of the people are vain, for one cutteth a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. They deck it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers, that it move not. They are upright as the palm tree, but speak not. They must needs be born, because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil, neither also is it in them to do good. For as much as there is none like unto thee, O Lord, thou art great, and thy name is great in might. Who would not fear thee, O king of nations? For to thee doth it appertain. 
For as much as among all the wise men of the nations, and in all their kingdoms, there is none like unto thee. But they are altogether brutish and foolish. The stock is a doctrine of vanities. Silver spread into plates is brought from Tarshish, and gold from Uphaz, the work of the workman, and of the hands of the founder. Blue and purple is their clothing. They are all the work of cunning men. But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and an everlasting king. At his wrath, the earth shall tremble and the nations shall not be able to abide his indignation. Thus shall ye say unto them, the gods that have not made the heavens and the earth Even they shall perish from the earth and from under these heavens. He hath made the earth by his power. He hath established the world by his wisdom and hath stretched out the heavens by his discretion. When he uttereth his voice, there is a multitude of waters in the heavens and he causeth the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He maketh lightnings with rain, and bringeth forth the wind out of his treasuries. Treasures. Every man is brutish in his knowledge. Every founder is confounded by the graven image. For his molten image is falsehood, and there is no breath in them. They are vanity, and the work of errors In the time of their visitation, they shall perish. The portion of Jacob is not like them, for he is the former of all things. And Israel is the rod of his inheritance. The Lord of hosts is his name.